illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic liquid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beej. How the heck are you doing, Beej? I'm doing pretty good, Bill. You were like on on 1.5 speed right there on that intro. Really? I thought so. Yeah. Oh. It's like when you go watch ACDC live. You know, they're always There's like a, a little bit faster, faster. Tempo yeah. than, than what you hear on the recording. Yeah. Well, part of it is I, I I slept. I got plenty of sleep this weekend. Okay. Oh, because there was no tailgater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get any sleep. I I was going like like. Uh, crazy all weekend yeah how was your weekend dude it was freaking awesome well first first i gotta ask you a question because i was what? texting with kyle today i hate you mm-hmm. kyle but i was texting with kyle and, and he asked me a question he said how is your brother is he ill and i was like what the heck are you talking about kyle and he replied i saw his recent outing on facebook with a bunch of good-looking ladies and figured it must be one of those make-a-wish trips for him he said, you can share my concern tonight. And I said, oh, I will. So you're, you're not dying, are you, Beach? No, no. Wasn't make I'm, a wish I'm trip? Still shocked. I'm, I'm still shocked that the ladies are even tall. You know, tall. I, I don't believe in love anymore. I just believe in degrees of tolerance. Uh-huh. And um, and sometimes I'm surprised that there's such a high degree of tolerance for me. But um, anyway, no, flew down, uh, met my friend uh, Brittany down there. And, uh, for the first day I, I, I landed at like eight o'clock in the morning and, uh, we, uh, I had an itinerary mm-hmm. and I'll go through the itinerary really quick. First, we went to the Fox tower, which people are going to be like, what the hell's the Fox tower? Mm-hmm. But if I said we went to Nakatomi Plaza, there you go. They'd be like freaking Nakatomi Plaza site of the, uh, the worst terrorist attack 
uh, on the West Coast. Yeah, 1988. Ever. Yeah. Yep, Christmas Eve. Yippee-ki-yay. So, exactly. So, anyway, did Nakatomi Plaza, so that was pretty cool. Got to see where the helicopter fell off, and Hans, uh, was a Hans Gruber fell from the, uh, the, the top floor. Yep. So, that was pretty awesome. Um, and then we went to this place called the Spadina House. Yeah, how was that? Is, it was kind of cool. It was just right on the corner street. It's part of um, um, uh, like architecture from the early 1900s. And it's a person who had their house made to look like a witch's house. And literally, there's even a site out that says, says, don't pick the berry, says the witch. Um, but there's shutters on it, and it's got a very cartoony look. I mean, there's no straight lines on it. Uh, the windows look like literally they were cut out with a with a knife, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, we went inside and take. Was that ever used in a movie or anything? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, there's another one called the the Hansel and Gretel House, which we drove by, but it was behind a bunch of gates, so I couldn't get any good pictures of it. But kind of similar, just two kind of cottage style houses. And then we went by the Charlie Chaplin Homes, which uh, there was a, a singer songwriter from up here who died. He wrote a lot of the music for Goodwill Hunting. I can't think of his name. Um, you might be able to Google it really quick, but okay. but he did like half half the soundtrack for uh, Goodwill Hunting. Kind of an artsy fartsy singer, but he ended up committing suicide. I think down in L.A. while he was living in the Charlie Chaplin cottages. But then just around the corner from the Charlie Chaplin cottages was the Jim Henson Studios. So we stopped off there. There's a big Kermit the Frog on the on a on a kind of a post there, and uh, we tried to get in, but they yeah really, we we, they, we we took the boys by that one. Okay, but it's kind of a closed set, so they won't let you in. Yeah. But there's lots of drug users and homeless, homeless people up front, so that was pretty cool. And then we went around the corner, and right around the corner is the Chinese Theater and uh, the El Capitan. And then there's a little cafe over there called the Snow White Cafe, which opened up in like 1946, which actually has uh, cartoon murals all around it that were drawn by Disney animators. And let's see what else did we do. We ate at Mel's Diner over there. We had some great apple pie. Uh, then from there, we drove up to the Griffith Observatory. Mm-hmm. I just did a quick drive by on there just to see the sights. Got a view of the Hollywood sign, and then we went around the corner, which is a home to a tunnel in Griffith Park or Griffith Hill or whatever they call that area. Mm-hmm. But that's the tunnel that they used for Back to the Future too, uh, when Marty's uh, using the hoverboard to try to escape from Biff. And then they also used it for the tunnel entrance to NORAD from War Games. Yep. And it was also used for the tunnel uh, to Toontown from Roger Rabbit. Correct. Um, so we stopped by, took some pictures there. I thought it was pretty cool. I don't know if Brittany thought it the same, but I thought it was pretty awesome. And then we went around, and since you're in Griffith Park, I really wanted to go to the old uh, L.A. Zoo. I guess you can drive up there, and they have all this old abandoned rock work and cages, but we didn't have time. We were kind of running and behind time. They, so they, we, they shot they, a lot of eighties movies and TV shows up there. Yeah. I think that police Academy with correct weight was shot there and stuff. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, cause they just basically there. moved the zoo. Exactly. Well, it was a really bad zoo, I guess originally. Yeah. So, so they built a whole new zoo, moved all the animals over and just left the old one. Yeah. So then drove by, tried to see if we could get on the carousel, but it was all blocked up and, and closed. So that kind of sucked. Uh, drove by the LA, uh, LA Live Steamers, which is the, the model steam engine train place there, there, where Walt Disney's barn is. We just did a quick drive by. And then we went on around the corner and up a ways and past Walt Disney Studios. And just a few miles past that, we went to the Brady Bunch house, which is pretty freaking cool. That's awesome. Took our photo shots around there, kind of walked around the corner. It wasn't fake grass. 
So I have more Brady Bunch grass in my yard than they do, mm-hmm. but that's okay. And so then after that, we drove. We were going to try to hit uh, Walt Disney Imagineering, but we didn't have enough time. We went to the Gamble House, did the tour of the Gamble House, which is Doc Brown's house from 1955, uh, built by the the Gamble family of Procter & Gamble. So mm-hmm. we did that tour. Then we drove and, and ate dinner at the Tam O'Shanter. And then we got stuck in L.A. traffic, but drove down back to Disneyland. And we went to Disneyland for I don't know. I think we're still there for like two or three hours and, and shut the place down. So yeah, that was pretty She put up awesome. with you that whole time? I know. Can you believe that? She didn't hit me once. And she so, was good with all that running around? She tolerated me and she wasn't feeling well the whole time. Oh. So she's been fighting a cold. And so um, I was surprised uh, she actually yeah, didn't punch me, hit me, or, or just tell me to leave. Yeah. So then the next day we went um, – uh, next day was pretty much all day at Disneyland. Uh, even though she did sleep in quite a bit because uh, she was Not trying to recover well. from it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, but we went to Disneyland and we had dinner at Club 33 that night. And so that was pretty awesome. Um, and for those of you who are listening that don't know it, it's the private club at Disneyland, uh, above Pirates of the Caribbean. I have a friend of mine who is still a member. We, we were members, Billy and I were at one point in time, uh, but we have since uh, ended that just due to some financial changes that the club did. But my friend was kind enough to uh, give me reservations, so the ladies just loved it. That was awesome. And then, uh, what was it? Then yesterday, a little bit more time at the park, and then I got a double-double, and I went home. And then I got up this morning. I worked for eight hours, came home. I'm still not totally recovered, but I wrote up my crap for this show, and I'm here. So there you go. There you go. All right. Well, I want to remind everyone that the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers and others. And just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun every week. Um, I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. You can also listen to, listen to and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please leave a rating and review. If you want to get in touch with us, there's a couple ways. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. I'm at Heinrich Tailgator on Twitter, and you can also check out Heinrich Tailgator on Facebook. All right, hey, Paige. Hey, B- B- Billy, really quick. Did you see that your last posting with our last podcast got 1.2 thousand views? Mm-hmm. What the hell was up with that? Hey, you know, everyone wants a piece <laughs> of honey in their life. <laughs> Evidently. I'm is. like, I'm like, it's like, congratulations. You had 1.2 thousand people see this post like dude i i i think we only got like over a thousand people to see a post once and that's when i wrote up that little one about the history of Watson stadium because mm-hmm. that one got some good play on it because mainly it just shows that oregon doesn't really well they named everything after beavers but anyway where, where are we at all right beach well, it's time to look into a little beaver uh sports news we'll start with some women's volleyball Love women's volleyball, Billy. Oh, my God, I love women's volleyball. All right, Beach. the Oregon State volleyball team rebounded from an early 2-0 deficit to force a fifth set before falling at Utah on Thursday night. And then Oregon, the Oregon State volleyball team fell at Colorado in three sets on Sunday afternoon. This the is Beavs, not good. No, it's not. The Beavs are now 10-10 and overall, 0-8 in the Pac-12. They need to rebound quickly. How many how many game, how many games do they typically play play in a season uh, or batches? I'm not sure. I think or they, sets whatever they're, they're call probably them. about halfway through the Pac-12 season. So they're going to have to really turn they, it around and turn it around really hard. Turn around. 
Now, after four consecutive matches on the roads, Oregon State returns home to host Stanford on Friday and Cal on Sunday. Oh, God. Things don't Bay get any easier. Just... Yeah, no. They don't get any easier. So, we need, need to turn around. They've been dealing with some injury issues, though, so we'll wait and see. All right, Beach. Mm-hmm. Up next is women's soccer. Right, Billy? It's nice to love women's soccer. The Oregon, short shorts. Oregon, Oregon State women's soccer team fell to Utah 2 to nothing in Salt Lake City on Saturday. The Beavs are now 2-12 and overall, 1-5 and in the Pac-12, and will continue their road stretch next week when they travel to Los Angeles for games against USC and UCLA. We're falling so bad, we're going to need to get all these ladies, those things that you push when you fall down, you can't get up, you know? Yeah, the, the, yeah. the alert things. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But next up is men's soccer. Okay. Freshman Glory Amanda, for, uh, his first half goal lifted the Oregon State men's soccer team to a 1-0 win over defending national champion and number 10 ranked Stanford Thursday evening at Paula Renz Field. Son of a bitch. Yep. The Oregon State men's team used goals from Glory Amanda and Sophane Diaval to overcome an early deficit as the Beavs defeated Cal 2-1 to on Sunday. Wow. So yeah. what's their record in soccer? The Beavs are now 7-4-2 and overall, 3-2-0 and in the Pac-12, and they head down to Cal for a road match with Stanford on Thursday. So, so what you're saying is of all of the fall sports, soccer is the one we really should be – men's soccer is really the one we should be celebrating here. Men's soccer is doing very well. Wow. That's kind of depressing. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's depressing, but it's encouraging after the season they had last year. That's true. That's true. All right, Beach, we've got a little bit of wrestling news. Ooh. What's going on in wrestling, Billy? We don't talk about wrestling enough. Headlined by seven home duels that include Michigan, Arizona State, Stanford, and Iowa State, the Oregon State Wrestling Program announced its 2018-2019 schedule last Tuesday. Now, the okay. Beavs will be featured four times on Pac-12 networks for their home duels against Michigan, Arizona State, Iowa State, and Stanford. Those are all phenomenal wrestling schools. Okay. The Pac-12 Wrestling Championships are slated for March 9th, hosted by Arizona State, and will also be available on the Pac-12 networks. Hmm. So that's some big, big-time big wrestling coming to uh, coming to Corvallis. Has, uh, has Oregon started up a wrestling program yet, Billy? Who, Beach? Uh, Oregon, you know, the University in Eugene. Uh, right, let me look here, Beach. Oh, Beach? Yeah. The, the Ducks still don't have a wrestling program. Really? Yeah, they, they, they cut it. That's surprising because they seem to have so much money to do other things with. Yeah, well, now they have acrobatics and tumbling. Okay, still doing the acrobatics and tumbling, huh? Still doing the acrobatics and tumbling. Because they wanted to give more local kids uh, abilities and scholarships. And how's that working out for them? Their baseball team? Oh. It's mostly California kids. (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to their wrestling team that was almost all Oregon and Southwest Washington kids. But you know. Yeah. You know, that's how they rolled on there. But but it's just going to switch. I mean, it just takes time. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure it'll be filled up with like third or fourth string local kids. There you go. Okay. Hey, Billy. Yes, Billy, do you hear that? Yeah. 
That's the teletype right there. Holy crap. Yeah. Hold on, let me, let me get this one here. Hold on. Billy! That was a good tear. Thank you. Hmm. Billy. Yes, Beach. This, this just in. Pope validates Oregon miracle occurred in federal courtroom on October 4th in New York City. The Vatican has confirmed that a miracle happened during the NCAA basketball court hearing last week. It seems that even with videotape confirmation from an agent that a University of Oregon that the University of Oregon made a sizable financial offer to five-star recruit Brian Bowen Jr. His father um, his father stated when asked about the offer, "I don't recall that." Now Bowen Sr. did recall the Arizona offer of fifty thousand dollars. The Oklahoma State offer of $150,000, the Texas offer of free housing, the Creighton offer of $100,000, and the successful offer by Adidas executive Jim Gatto of $100,000 on behalf of Louisville. But the Lord works in mysterious ways, and when announced about the Nike Oregon offer, his memory of that vanished like a fart in the wind. (laughs) Duck fans... Duck fans better be filling the coffers of their local churches because this was a freaking miracle. Pretty much, huh? Pretty much. Yeah, like I said. I said last I wonder how week. Much, I wonder how much that winning offer was to keep his mouth shut. Yeah. I, I said last week that uh, they're going to slime their way out of this. Always do. Every freaking time. Every time. You know what gets me? So what was one of the schools mentioned in there? Wasn't it Creighton? Creighton, yeah. Okay, who's the head coach? Who's the head basketball coach at Ogden? Uh, I don't know. I don't pay attention to the Ducks. They, it's just a blur of tutors and whores. Who was it? Oh, was he the former coach at Creighton? Dana Altman? You know where he coached at before he came to uh, Creighton? That's Creighton? That is correct. So he's... So he's a hired cheater. Don't know, but I find that a big coincidence. You, you know, so so for those of you who are listening that don't know what's going on, um, there's a there's I think we talked about it a we little bit last, last week. week. No, we talked about it quite a bit yeah. last week. Yeah. So anyway, but what what they have is there's a videotape confirmation of this this uh, agent named uh, Gatto. Um, oh dang, where was it? Jim Gatto. Um, and he essentially is on there stating that Brian Bowen Sr., the, the recruit's dad, told him that there is a massive offer essentially on behalf of Nike or the University of Oregon to to come to Oregon. Yeah. And so this Gatto then went back to Adidas and said, you know, if Louisville or if, you know, if Louisville wants him, you need to come up with a better offer. And yeah. so Louisville came up with a better offer, offered the money to Adidas to offer this recruit, and ultimately got the deal. And, well, at least uh, that's what and, it looks like happened. Yeah, but but it also states, I mean, there. Uh, so there were we talked about it last week, but there were the tickets for the Mayfield was it May Mayfield, oh, it Mayfield bo- boxing fight, yeah. like five thousand dollars. Yeah, and then on top of that, I was reading a little bit more about the article, and Nike was paying his dad money to have his son show up at various Nike promoted uh, like street events. So one of them was called mean street. Mm-hmm. It was a Nike sponsored program and they'd give him $25,000 here, 5,000 bucks there. I mean, they're just lining the dad's money uh, uh, pockets with money mm-hmm. and, and he's just pimping out his kid. Yeah. 
absolutely just pimping out his kid. I don't even know if the kid went on uh, was was in was uh, brought into court on this, or if it's just his dad who's testifying. Uh, it's just but, the dad. But it, it's just funny how they're like, "Did your son ever consider going to Oregon?" Well, yes, he did. Well, what did Oregon offer? Well, I don't recall that. Really, really, you're out there prostituting your son to all of these colleges, and you're naming them all off by the amount. But suddenly, when it comes to Oregon, your son did consider Oregon. But suddenly, you can't remember what money they offered. Mm-hmm. How much money did? How much money is Nike paying you to keep your mouth shut about the offer that Oregon gave you? You know, and that's what it comes down to because Nike's probably offering the money direct. Mm-hmm. It's not part of Oregon now. Here's some cash. Here's some cash. Just we're going to write this stuff off. It's not going through Oregon. This is just us because they have a vested interest in Oregon because of their history. Mm-hmm. It's just. You know, am I am I right on this, Billy? Or I mean, are you kind of thinking the same thing I'm thinking? Because we haven't talked about this at all. No, I'm I'm right there with you. Okay, it, it just the whole damn thing's dirty. And you know, people, you know, and this is what we have always talked about over the last few seasons. We've done this. Most of the rules that have come out from the NCAA over the last few years have been because Oregon cheats. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a new rule. Well, why do we have a new rule? Well, because Oregon cheated. <laughs> and now we have to create a new rule. Yeah. Because nobody ever cheated before, but suddenly Oregon found a gray area. Well, they didn't the cheat book. that way before. Yeah. They find new ways to cheat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so Billy, there, there's my update from Eugene. All right, Beach. So well, let's... Don't, don't be surprised if you hear the bells are ringing on Sunday. There you go. Right? Everyone down there making their – the coffers will be full. Eugene, exactly. Which would be amazing because I don't think like, most of those people know what a church is. No, no. Not down there. The only time there's the only the only people you hear screaming for God is the is the football players on uh, on uh, Sunday morning after their girlfriends. Yep. Stop by. All right, so. Beach. Uh, <laughs> let's go under further review for week number seven in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. All right. What? How? You know. So I was gone. I was flying. I was out of control last week. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, there was only four games to go. So heading into this week, um, you and Kyle were tied at thirty-one out of fifty, and I was in the lead at thirty-two out of fifty. Okay. All right. So here we go. First up, we had one game on Friday. It was Arizona at Utah. And we all took the Utes on this one, Billy. That is correct. Utah quarterback Tyler Huntley threw for two touchdowns, ran for another, and caught a 58-yard TD pass, leading Utah past Arizona 42-10 to on Friday night. Now, after losses to Washington and Washington State where the Utah offense sputtered, the Utes committed to the running game and has let Huntley freelance again with his legs and arm. Now, on a play that typified the game, Huntley handed the ball to Zach Moss, who tossed it to Britton Covey, coming the other direction. Covey, a title-winning high school quarterback who's now Utah's leading receiver, then threw a perfect spiral to Huntley for a 58-yard TD. So was this like a Statue of Liberty play? No, it was like a flea flicker. Okay. It was like an end-around flea flicker. What, well, what's with, the difference? With, with the, because in a Statue of Liberty play, the quarterback still has the ball. In okay. this one, okay. the quarterback tossed it to one guy who was coming around who tossed it to another guy coming back around the uh, other uh, way. 
and then almost the, appearing like a reverse. Like, like it looks like a reverse, reverse, except after the quarterback tosses the ball, he runs a pass route. Okay. And so the guy who got the reverse then stops and throws it to the quarterback who's screaming down the sideline. Was it a beautiful play? Did you watch it? Yes, it was a great play. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, Arizona's Chase Hansen sacked Khalil Tate by the ankle late in the first quarter, and the Wildbacks or the Wildcats corner quarter. The Wildbacks. <laughs> really, how much? Did, how much did you drink before we say, started recording? Tonight? And the Wildcats quarterback was visibly limping after that point. Now, Jamari Joyner replaced Tate for two series before giving way to Rhett Rodriguez, who threw for 226 yards and a 42-yard fourth-quarter touchdown to Cedric Peterson for Arizona. Now, you know what's interesting about that, Beach? What's interesting about that, Billy? Do you know who Rhett Rodriguez is? No, but I wanted to hear you say it a couple more times. Well, more importantly, <laughs> do you know who Rhett Rodriguez's father is? I do not know who Rhett Rodriguez's father is. Rhett Rodriguez, who's basically the third-string quarterback, his dad is Rich Rodriguez. And I should know this because? Because up until the end of last season, he was the head coach at Arizona. Wow. So he got fired at the end of last season, but his son stayed on and uh, got into some game time on on Friday. Good. Wow. That's got to be awkward. Uh, a little bit, but you know what? It's, I, 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 I applaud him for uh, working through that because that is awkward, but it, it shows some cojones to stick in there and, and battle for your now, spot. Now, you said he was third string. Did his dad play favorites at all with him in the previous years, or was he always? No, he was always the backup to Khalil Tate. Must be still a pretty talented individual, though, if he's doing pretty well. Playing Division One football, that says something. Yeah, I mean, not not just because your daddy recruited you. Yeah. All right, Beach. Um, so we all got the win there. Um, uh, okay. Next up, the other three games were all on Saturday. First up, Washington at Oregon. I, I wish I could have saw this game. I heard it was awesome, and I heard it went into overtime. Yes. Uh, but we all, we all picked the loser. Well, Oregon running back C.J. Verdell scored on a six-yard run in overtime, and number 17 Oregon knocked off number seven Washington 30-27 to on Saturday. Um, that uh, run by C.J. Verdell, I think that was probably trying to make up for his late fumble against Stanford that basically cost them the game. Because <laughs> originally they were going to go for a pass on that play, but mm -hmm. uh, the coach ran down the sideline, called a timeout, and decided to go for a run. Had it handed really? off to Verdell, and he went tearing right up the middle into the end zone. Now, the wow. Ducks were fortunate to reach overtime after Washington kicker Peyton Henry missed a 37-yard field goal attempt on the final play of regulation. Henry's kick was wide right. Mm. Now, Justin Herbert was 18 of 32 for 202 yards and two TDs um, and had a TD of 12 yards to Mitchell and a key nine-yard strike to Jalen Red late in the first half that pulled the Ducks even at 17 all at halftime. Now, Washington quarterback Jake Browning threw for 243 yards and threw a 40-yard TD to Ty Jones in the third quarter. Now, the Huskies played parts of the second half without their top two running backs after Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmad both left with injuries and played sparingly in the closing minutes. Now, in overtime, Beach, Washington got the ball first and actually had a first and goal inside the 10, but couldn't put it in in the first three plays and had to kick a field goal. Mm. So... Damn, damn Huskies let me down. So I know. None of us got, a. I know. None of us got the win there, Beach. Next up, UCLA at Cal. Literally, UCLA. little brother at big brother. And we were all, well, because we hate bitch tits Chip Kelly, uh, we all backed Cal on this one. How did we do, Billy? 
Well, UCLA running back Joshua Kelly ran for 157 yards and three TDs, and the UCLA defense had four of its five takeaways in the second half. And Chip Kelly earned his first win as a college coach in more than five years by beating Cal 37-7 on Saturday. Now, Kelly, Damn it. Kelly scored on a five-yard run to cap a 59-yard drive set up by a fumble by Patrick Laird in the first quarter. Then, after Cal finally got on the board with Laird's one-yard run on the opening drive of the second half, Kelly and the Bruins answered with two straight scoring drives capped by Kelly's one-yard runs that made it 27-7. Now, Cajun Lucia herself put the capper on the route with a 38-yard fumble return for score after the last of Cal's five turnovers. Now, the Bears dropped their third straight conference game after starting the season 3-0 and getting into the AP rankings for the first time since 2015. Now, the offense struggled for any consistency outside of the 75-yard drive to open the third quarter. Cal was stopped twice on fourth and short in the second half, dooming any hopes of a comeback. Son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. So, Chip Kelly got his first win. And I think this week, this game for Beavs is very winnable against Cal this week. I sure as hell hope so. Mm-hmm. Now, I, hate being behind, I, I hate being behind UCLA, and now we're behind UCLA in the pack, are we not? Yeah, because they've got a Pac-12 win. Yeah, now okay. um, the other thing, too, is we do say that's little brother against big brother because Cal was the University of California, the original. Mm-hmm. That's why their colors are blue and gold, and mm-hmm. they are the Bears. And UCLA opened up as a satellite campus of Cal. Mm-hmm. And that's why they wear powder blue and, and, and gold and where and are the Bruins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they literally kind of like how Oregon, brother. kind of like how Oregon State is the older university and University of Oregon's kind of like our little brother. Yeah. All right, Beach. Uh, none of us got the win on there. Last up was UCLA, uh, excuse me, Colorado at USC. And Kyle, the pot smoker that he is, picked Colorado. Correct, and you and I took USC. USC wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. caught two of JT Daniels' three touchdown passes, and USC's defense dominated the first three quarters of a 31-20 victory over previously unbeaten number 19 Colorado. Now, Anya Harris returned an interception for a TD in the third quarter for the Trojans, who have rebounded from back-to-back losses with three straight wins. Now, the defending conference champions asserted their supremacy over the upstart Buffaloes in the South Division race, while remaining unbeaten at the Coliseum in all 19 games under Coach Clay Hilton. Now, Taylor, Tyler Vaughn's also caught a TD pass from Daniels, who passed for 272 yards with two first-quarter interceptions and a handful of missed throws. USC's offense only scored touchdowns in the second quarter, struggled to run the ball, and relied heavily on big plays. Now, Colorado star receiver LaVishka Chenault made a 49-yard TD run before injuring his toe in the second half for the Buffaloes, who dropped to 0-13 in school history against USC. Wow. Yeah, never beat him. Really? So they're their Achilles heel, huh? Yeah, but they haven't been in the same conference that long, so there's something to be said there. Yeah. So the first probably what? Well, how, what year are we on now? Year six or year seven of the Pac-12? I was going to say first, first three years Colorado struggled to even get a win in the Pac-12, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. Yeah. So and they have to play USC every, every year because they're in the South. So. All right, Beach. So you and I got the win there. Kyle did not. Kyle had a crappy week. And you and I each got two. And I got two. So after this week. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle's in third place with 32 out of 54. 
You have 33 out of 54, and I have 34 out of 54. Still playing pretty tight. We're pretty close. No, it's it's it's, it's again. It's, it's like a German hooker. It's good and tight. Yep. All right, Beach. Uh, let's talk about the Pac-12 and the polls. So in the AP poll, Oregon slides up to number 12. Washington slides down to 15, and Washington State comes in at number 25, with USC, Colorado, and Utah all on the others. Washington, did Washington State had a bye? They, they had, had a bye week. Correct. So they moved in by not playing. Yeah, but they're uh, but you know that can happen. Depending on if they're just outside of the top 25. Everybody else gets their asses kicked in the state. Yeah. For <laughs> we didn't lose a game. That's that's what I was Correct. always excited this now, week. Is, hey, yeah. Oregon State's not going to lose this week. That's right. Now, uh, the USA Today coaches poll, Oregon slid up to 11. Washington down to 14. And Washington State's in at number 23. Stanford's in at 24. And Colorado is still in at 25. With so Utah words, and USC. Because, like you said, they always go to bed early. The coaches, and, yeah. They put their turn picks in early because I don't know why Colorado's in at 25. With Utah and USC in the others receiving votes category. Now, interesting thing, Beach. We'll be talking. Well, we'll talk about it when we get there. We will talk about it when we get there. All right, Beach. Okay. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. Jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship leadership, or just being the fan. And, Beads, this week it is definitely the leadership category. Okay. Who, 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 uh, who's, who's the jackass of the week? Billy? Well, Beach, on the final play of the third quarter of Washington State's game at USC on September 21st, Trojan quarterback JT Daniels scrambled and then ducked to a knee. Now, after he'd established himself as down, Washington State linebacker Logan Tago dove at him headfirst and initiated clear helmet-to-helmet contact. The play drew both a flag for roughing the passer and a review for targeting. Now, it was clear enough call that the, both the in-stadium replay officials and the replay officials in the Pac-12's command center in San Francisco ruled the play as a targeting penalty. Now, this is according to an internal replay report obtained by Yahoo Sports. Now, this call would have ejected Tago from the game. Now, an independent veteran official who viewed the play also told Yahoo Spurts it was clear targeting. But targeting wasn't called, and Tago stayed in the game. Now, this, re- now, this replay report obtained by Yahoo so, Sports. So, the, so, so San Francisco didn't call it targeting? Well, hold on. called it roughing the passer? Hold on. Now, this replay report that was obtained by Yahoo Sports states that, quote, unfortunately, a third party did not agree, end quote, with the call. That third party was Pac-12 general counsel and senior vice president of business affairs, Woody Dixon. Now, Dixon oversees football for the conference, but is not a formally trained official. Dixon telephoned in his opinion that the play wasn't targeting, sources said. So he was not. Was this was this at the time? Yes. So he was not because with all. So these, he's watching this game from his living room, so, and he sees this crap, and he's got a number to the people in San Francisco, correct. and says, "Don't don't call that." Correct. So there, what happens is there's there's officials in the headquarters in San Francisco, right? Plus uh-huh. there's officials at the game. So the officials at the game conference with the officials back in san francisco to make the call 
and the guys in San Francisco are essentially watching each game live. Yes. And then they also have recordings so they can continue to replay all the angles. Correct. Now they got some kind of live feed over there. Yeah. Now, according to the report, Dixon's opinion overruled both the trained officials in the stadium replay booth and in the league's command center. So both of those. Why would he, why would he have done this? Well, Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott issued a statement to Yahoo Sports denying that there was a third party involved, as Dixon is typically in the command center and part of the replay collaboration team, in part because he has a full understanding of targeting. Now, Scott said, our instant replay supervisor is the ultimate decision maker. The misperception that is in this case, the ultimate decision from the command center was made by someone other than the instant replay supervisor is a concern. So what it looks like, Beach, is this guy is not a trained official, but somehow has <laughs> has the full... He's like a super delegate. Basically. Now, they've tried to play it off that he was only making a suggestion. But other fish, other people involved have said, no, he was basically telling us what we needed to call. I, I'm I'm confused at this. Yeah, and you should be, because this should be left to the officials to make the call in the stadium and in the command center. They are the ones that are trained. They know what's well, going on. I don't understand he, while there's this vice president. Does he have a hard-on for this player? I don't know. I would like to know if he is a graduate of Washington State. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something else there. You know, this is where people start losing integrity. You know? No, go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, it just reminds me. Remember uh, quite a few years ago where the NBA got in all that trouble because the officials were blowing calls intentionally to take games into into, uh, playoff games into additional games, you know, we need this to go all the way to seven. So start missing some calls so we can get the other team to win. So we can take it into the seventh game because we want the additional revenue. Mm-hmm. Remember that crap and nothing. I mean, it came out and then it was kind of suppressed. And, and then, you know, six months later, the, the public forgets about it, mm-hmm. but th- this is that kind of crap. I mean, they're losing their integrity. I mean, the theoretically was, I've always had comfort knowing that, well, these there's guys in San Francisco that are supposed to be bipartisan, uh, or non nonpartisan, I guess, that are making legitimate calls. And you know, and I've had issues before. Didn't we have a targeting call that was overlooked, or a couple things that should have been looked well, that, at? Well, that I, I would be... I would like to know what happened last year with Luton against Washington yeah, State. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because we got screwed on that one. Because because part of that targeting law is they're saying they're trying to prevent people from launching themselves into the player. And if you mm-hmm. watch Luton getting hit at Washington State last year, that player totally launches himself from a crouch position through Luton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nothing so, was done. Nope. That targeting was not called. They, they, they overturned that call, which I don't understand. Unless, like you said, it was something different, and Yahoo Sports didn't yep. bother to make a phone call on that one. Yep. And and I think, personally, that old uh, – um. Larry Scott, the commissioner for the Pac-12, is playing semantics when he said, no, it wasn't an outside third party because usually this Dixon guy is in the command center. I want to know why the hell he's in there. He's not a he's not an official. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this thing is, just this looks is bad. Uh, you know, is, is, is there going to be any more? Or is this story just going to drop? 
Um, there's some people pissed off. I think ultimately, I think you're going to see Larry Scott step down soon. Really? Well, I have a problem with him because the Pac-12 network still uh-huh. isn't on um, on uh, Directv. They still haven't gone. It's been six years. Holy crap! Yeah, and they still haven't. And, and I mean, are, and and how hard it? I mean, I'm assuming that's lost revenue to the Pac-12. Oh yeah. On that. Oh By yeah. not having a deal put together. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, you you can only uh, <laughs> not winning. That's for sure. Yeah. Nope, I completely agree. So, anyways, so to Larry Scott and everybody else involved in this. Replay fiasco. You get. You are this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week. Wow. Oh, well, that was a good one. All right. Well, what's next on the agenda, All Billy? Right, it is now time for our musical interlude, and this week it would be my pick. Ooh. And what, so, what's your pick, Billy? Well, Beige, I have a a, a pick. Um, it's off the album The Works from 1984. It was a song written by drummer Roger Taylor, and the song is called the song is called Radio Gaga. I know this song. Yeah. Really, I've heard this song. Now it was number 16 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Now the band performed the song at every concert from 1984 till their last concert with singer Freddie Mercury in 1986 including the performance at Live Aid in 1985. Wow. Now, the music video received heavy rotation on music channels, and it was nominated for an MTV Music Award in 1984. Now, the song was also featured in the video... Probably lost out to Michael Jackson, I would guess. Probably. Now, the song also was featured in the video game Grand Theft Auto V on the radio station Los Santos Rock Radio. Hmm. Now, originally, Taylor conceived it as Radio Caca. Because it was something that his toddler once said, which doubled as a, criti- a criticism of radio for the decrease in the variety of programming and the type of music being played. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it was all radio caca. Yeah, because they only played five songs over and over again. Exactly. Now, the song makes reference to two important events of the 20th century. Orson Welles' 1938 broadcast of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds in the lyric, quote, Through Wars of Worlds Invaded by Mars. And to Winston Churchill's um, 18th of June 1940 speech um, that was called This Was Their Finest Hour from the House of Commons in the lyric that goes, You've yet to have your finest hour. Hmm. Now, this song is also interesting because of one other thing. Do you know who Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata is? I'm going to take a guess. I know who she is. Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata? Yeah. Who do you think it is? I'm guessing it's Lady Gaga. That's correct, Beach. Way back in 2010, Lady Gaga revealed in an interview with Fly Magazine that music producer Bob Fusari, who also happened to be her boyfriend at the time, was the first to call her Gaga because her voice and style reminded him of the song Radio Gaga. So that's where Radio Gaga got her, or Lady Gaga got her, her name. I'm I'm anxious to hear the the song again and 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 reflect it to uh, to All Lady Gaga things. singing. Yeah, yeah. Did now? Did I? I told you I saw that movie with her in it. Oh, you I, you didn't? I didn't. Did you see it? It was good. Oh, 
Oh yes, yes. Uh, uh, a Star Is Born. I yeah. I did not realize it's like the fourth version yes. of that story. Did Correct. You know that, and they're all and, different. Yeah, they've tweaked it because the the first one was the original. The other, the second was a musical. The third one, they made them rock stars so that it could have music in it without being a musical. Correct. And then they kept that storyline on with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I okay. So a couple things about. I'm sorry to interrupt your. That's okay. Your music choice but um lady gaga did a tremendous job uh i don't know if she's acted a lot before i don't but believe so. i felt she did a tremendous job i mean she's a talented individual no matter what you look at it um so no she did a beautiful job in this movie bradley cooper i felt did a fantastic job in the movie mm-hmm. when we were watching the credits at the end because i was curious on who sang it because the music that he sang was really good not only did Bradley Cooper sing the songs, mm-hmm. but he was credited for writing or co-writing most of the songs. Yeah. And, and that shocked me. And it was, I, I was, I was blown away. Love the If you guys need a, a, a movie, I'm, I'm assuming with the exception of Catherine and Ginger and a couple of the other ladies that listen to us, I'm assuming most of our audience is, is guy based. If you need to take the wife to, or the girlfriend out to see a movie or your partner, if you're that way, then you know what? It's great flick. I would highly recommend. No, I've heard about it. I do want to see it. I do mm-hmm. want to see it. I'm okay. trying to see if Go she's ahead. done any other movies, though. I don't see it. Just, I did see she's only five foot one. Petite little thing. Yeah, dinky you know, I, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really notice that uh, <clears throat> on the uh, on the deal. And you know, it's so hard on movies to kind of figure out how tall people are. Yeah. Because you never know if it's the perspective that the cameraman's using if they're wearing high heels. You know, in the case of like Tom Cruise or Robert Downey Jr., they're usually about four or five inch tall heels underneath them or they're standing on boxes. So she's got a bunch of she's got 215 um, soundtrack credits, but that's just because she writes a lot of music and they're used in a lot of shows. Isn't she the is she still the most followed person on Twitter? Let probably next to Donald Trump. I don't know. Okay. She she had one. She has 39 actress credits. Okay. So. Those are all stuff where she's... Oh, yeah, that's right. She was an American Horror Story. Okay. That was the TV show. And a lot of it Hor- is... Horror hor- 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 or horror? Horror. Horror, not horror. So she was in Men in Black 3. She was an alien on TV. A lot of the stuff she's just playing... Oh, in 2001, she was in The Sopranos. Hmm. She was Girl at Swimming Pool number two. I've always loved Girl at Swimming Pool number and then two. A lot of these are just. Number her, one is so overrated. It's always number two. Her videos. She was on a Lonely Island short. Justin Timberlake, Man in Black 3. Simpsons. She was on an episode of The Simpsons. Oh, did she play herself when she dropped through the. Yeah, uh, she played Lady Gaga. So, and, and then on she top of in, that, she did that. She did that same move after The Simpsons in the real Super Bowl. Yeah. Um,. Because she jumped, she jumped from the ceiling yeah. with like sparkles coming out of her boobs, uh, yeah. or the Super Bowl. And in that one Super Bowl, she came out of the ceiling, but I don't think she had sparkles coming out of her boobs on. Yeah. On the real one. So she was in the movie Machete Kills. She was La Chameleon. Was, was, was that a horror movie? No, that was the movie. It was kind of done as a spoof. It has uh, Danny Trejo in it. It was one of the movies. Machete was a movie that was a fake trailer in the middle of the. Um, the double feature that Quentin Tarantino and and Robert Rodriguez put out. Uh, okay. Uh, Terror Planet and Death Proof. Okay. I've never seen that double feature. 
It was two movies, and in the middle of them, they put out some fake trailers, and one of them was for Machete, and people loved it so much they made it into a movie, and they made a sequel to it. Machete 2. She was in Machete Kills. Um, She played herself in Muppets Most Wanted. She was Bertha in Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. She was in American Horror Story. These are places where she's not playing herself in videos. And then in Star is Born. So this is her really her first starring role. Yeah. I you know, I I, I think this movie might get some uh, some awards because like mm-hmm. I said, I I was just impressed. I thought it was well done. I, I heard that too. So without any further ado, we'll get back from out of the weeds here. And here is Queen with Radio Gaga.
I do love that song, Beach. It's always been one of my favorites. It's, yeah, great. And song. most people don't you know, know that's yeah. where, like I said, Lady Gaga got her name. You, you know, it's it's funny because you just don't realize how good Queen is until you start realizing how broad their, uh, their library is. Yeah, and they've got so many different types of songs. Yeah, so. you know, it's it's like you know when you listen to the Offspring. I love the Offspring, but every Offspring song sounds like an Offspring song. And mm-hmm. when you look at the 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 uh, variety of what Queen has put out, mm-hmm. it's you know they might have albums that have a very consistent sound, but every album has different sounds. Is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like it's it's kind of cool. All right, all right, Beach. So it is now time to look at week number eight in the Pac-12. Um, first up, we've got one game on Thursday. It's Stanford at Arizona State. Stanford at Arizona State. Oh, hold on here. I gotta get Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. I gotta get Kyle. Where is it at? There we go. Okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna take. I think Stanford still got it in him. I think they'll take out ASU. Okay. So you're gonna say Stanford. I am. Kyle says. ASU makes better use of the week off. ASU. Wow, Kyle, you really want to go down that uh, down that road of being a loser? I'm going to take Arizona State also. Wow, both of you are taking the road of losers. Well, I, Stanford's having a tough time to run the ball, and I think Arizona State's going to be able to run it off. Stanford's been having a tough time stopping the run, and I think Arizona State's going to be able to uh, run the ball. On them. All right. Up next, Beach. All the rest of the games are on Saturday. Colorado at Washington. And I think the Huskies will recover nicely and beat the hell out of Colorado. Kyle says, Huskies take out the frustration on Colorado. He's taking UW. I, too, am taking UW. Next up, USC at Utah. Um, I'm going to take USC. I, I don't think, uh, think Utah is going to be able to compete. Kyle says, was the Utah win against Stanford a fluke? Yes, it was, USC. I'm going to take Utah. Oh, wow, Billy. I just, I, I like their defense. I don't, USC hasn't shown me that they compete week in, week out. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I don't trust them. Okay. So, All right, um, up next, Arizona at UCLA. Oh, sorry, I missed Arizona. One. I missed one. Oregon at Washington State. Um, I'm going to take Wazoo. I think uh, I think there's two things here. Um, I think it's going to be tougher up at Wazoo. And on top of that, evidently, um, Wazoo's got some insider people making the calls in San Francisco. Yeah. So they got an advantage there, too. So I, I vote you at Wazoo. I, too, am going to take Wazoo. Kyle says, game day. This is a tough one to predict. Wazoo. So, Beach, for the first time ever, ESPN Game Day is going to Pullman. God dang, that's going to be an expensive trip. I know. They got to get all that stuff all the way out there. Now, we went there last year, Beach. Had you ever been to Pullman before? I'd never been to Pullman until last year. It's way the hell out there, isn't it? (laughs) It's way the hell out. You know, going into Spokane, you're like, oh, Spokane, not bad. And then you drive, like, what, another hour and a half to get to Pullman? Yeah, because it's not even as far north as Spokane. It's just way the hell out there. Oh, it's You're terrible. just driving in, in single lanes, you know, just two-lane yeah. road, two-lane highways through farmland. And, and 
I was going to say, the towns you come to are like 800 people towns. Yeah, if that. It's know? like, oh, look, there's yeah, a Once you get out of Spokane, yeah, it's like, God, you know, is there a McDonald's coming up? And, you know, because I don't think uh, even Pullman had a McDonald's until, what, maybe about 10 years ago? We've had this conversation. Yeah, I you know. You just have to go to, like, when Moscow, I was, Idaho to get When get I was there in 2001, they didn't have a McDonald's. You had to go to Moscow. Yeah. Although Moscow is only, like, two miles away. Okay. Because when we were up there last year, Jess and I drove to, to Idaho to get gas. Uh-huh. Just because it was easier to go get gas that way than to drive, try to go back through Pullman and get gas. Yeah. So, but yeah, so game day is coming out there. So it means they don't have to ship the flag anywhere, but back to Pullman. Uh, that is, you know, I never thought about that. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the, the this is, I wonder if they'll make a, I wonder if game day will make a comment about that. Oh, they already have. About, have they? Oh yeah. They already have. Yeah. Kirk Herbstreit put something it, out. Cause again, uh, for, for our listeners that aren't aware, uh, when you watch game day on ESPN, uh, everybody has the flags in the background and the signs and all that. But the very first flag, the very first thing that ever came up on game day was a wazoo flag. Yeah. And it was weird because it would just pop up. And you're like, uh-huh. why the hell is there a wazoo flag? And what happened was it was a kind of a phone tree of people. And they decided they would, they forward, they, they shipped the flag to somebody at each game day destination who would go hold it up. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon ESPN realized it. And they started uh, making sure that they had a spot so the wazoo flag would get on TV. And I guess there's been at least two or three Cougar flags, and one of them hangs up at the uh, ESPN headquarters. It's, like, framed and hanging in the uh, lunchroom, I believe. That's cool. Yeah, back in Connecticut. So, anyways. All right, oh, so we're all is, that where ES- is, that, is that where ESPN's based out of is Connecticut? Yeah, I believe so. That's where their, uh, where their huh. um, home studios are. All right, Beach. So we're all taking Wazoo. Up next, uh, we did USC. Arizona at UCLA. Well, this is easy. It's going to be Arizona. (laughs) All right. Um, Kyle says, Arizona helps UCLA get back on track losing. Arizona. I, too, am taking Arizona. (laughs) This is easy. All right, Beach. Last up, Cal at Oregon State for homecoming. I like to call it Sausage Fest 2018, Billy. Yeah, we'll go over that here in a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna go with the beeves. I too am taking the beeves. Kyle says, "Go beeves!" No, really, <laughs> they win. Oh, no, really, they will win. So he's he's really for sure taking the beeves this time. Wow. So yeah, so it is a uh, Heinrich tailgater coming up beach, and um, since 2007 we have been doing Sausage Fest. Mm-hmm. So at 2007, uh, we went to a game at Cal um, that the Beavs won when it looked like Cal was, was going to win and, and become number one. One of my, one of probably my outside of Civil War, what 97? No, 98. It's, 98. It's probably my my second most favorite game I've ever seen Oregon State play. Well, it's got to be up there for you, Beach. Because what about the 2008 game against number one USC? Oh, that was a good game too. <laughs> All right. But what about the field? You know, I'll still never forget the goal line stand. Oh yeah. Uh, at at Cal, it was it was amazing. We held them for those four plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then and again, I wish I wish you know, Billy. I quote you a lot in conversation. You wouldn't mm-hmm. believe. Well, Billy and I were talking. Well, Billy and I were talking. Well, Billy says this. I say this crap all the time. <laughs> really pisses me off. But but my my favorite comment is we're sitting in the stands and you're just standing there and Cal has the opportunity to kick the ball and take it in overtime. And they're running out of time, 
but they have a couple of plays theoretically left in there. You know, they got like two two downs left, and you're sitting and there no the timeouts. whole time going. And you you you, you, you for for audience, you got to understand when Billy watches the game, we're standing up. Billy crosses his arms, and he kind of has this like know it all attitude, and he just sits there and he's like, "I'd kick it, I'd kick it," and I look at him and go, "Like why?" He's like, "You're running out of time." He says, "Momentum's on their side. They're playing at home." They take it in overtime. They win the game. You've got a freshman quarterback it. making his first start yeah. ever. Kick it. Yeah, I kick it. Momentum's on their side, and they end up not kicking it. They try to go for the the touchdown. Remember all those and, players' families in front of me, Oregon State players' families, and they're all looking uh-huh. at me like, "Oh no, you run at least one more play. You run at least one more play." I'm like, "Too many bad things can happen. Kick it, go in overtime." What uh-huh. happened? And sure as hell, uh, they they. Uh, they didn't get out of bounds. The time ran out. They couldn't pull off the last play. They lost the game. Yep. And everyone looked <laughs> at me and was like, they should have kicked it. And I was like, I told you. <laughs> but anyways, so at that game, we were there. For, we... for Again, for our audience, if you ever have the chance to, to go around Section 10, uh, what, what are we, Row 57? Yep. And you just listen to Billy talk during the game, you will pick up so much knowledge of football. <laughs> I know football. You, you, you do know football. I know a lot in life. But I do know football really well. And it's funny, how many times have we been watching the game where everybody else is losing their crap because they think stuff, something's good, and I'm pissed off? Yeah, all And the I'm time, pissed off. I'm like, time. son of a bitch. And you're like, what the hell's the problem? It's going to get called back because of this. And it gets called back because of that. Because nobody yeah. else saw it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyways, so at that 2007 game at Cal Stadium, at Memorial Stadium there in Berkeley, we went up, we smelled these really good sausages cooking. You were like, hey, I got to have one of these. What's your best one? The guy said, I would have the pineapple. They gave you a pineapple sausage. You took a bite and said, oh, my God, this is amazing. Who makes them? They said, Evergood Sausages here at uh, in the Bay Area. And we decided we were always going to have Evergood Sausages whenever the Beavs played the Bay Area teams. And it's kind of gone on from there. So whenever they play Cal or Stanford, we get uh, we get Evergood Sausages. So Good times. And actually, last <laughs> I was going to oh, say, ahead. last week on, um, or just Saturday on Twitter, Evergood, because I follow them on Twitter, they posted mm-hmm. a picture from their Evergood sauce, sausage booth inside Memorial Stadium. So some cooking the sausages, and you can look down on the field. We, we need to make sure we uh, we do some hashtag Evergood sausages or whatever. I, I, uh, I, 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 I uh, tweeted at him and said, hey, we're going to fire him up at the Heiner Tailgater next week against Cal. So, yes, we awesome. will put it on there. Sweet. Yeah. You, you know, uh, on a side note, uh, when uh, uh, when I was hanging out with uh, Brittany and Diane and, and Elizabeth uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. can't remember what we got started talking about, but we were talking about whores, right? <laughs> and Br- okay. Brittany was talking about, I think because we were having a conversation of either whores or whores, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, Brittany said, do you know what they call a prostitute back in medieval days? You know, like if you do, you know how... Uh, um, who who does those uh, the reenactments? You know, like the medieval reenactment things. Oh, the you, you know what, Yeah, you, you know what they you know what they called uh, you know what they called the uh, uh, whores back in back in those days. What? Sausage wallets. <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah. So. So that's, yeah. That's that's horrible. Well, isn't it? Isn't it? I've got something for you. Do you know where um, the term hooker came from? No, but you know, I'm I just a big found fan this out. Hookers and blow. So, so what, 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 where did hooker come from? Well, so during the civil war, <laughs> union army 
general Hooker um, had his his troops that he that he uh, commanded. Okay. And so usually where these troops would go, there would be bands of uh, ladies of the night that would follow. Uh huh. So you know, like the the prostitutes would follow him. Um, and so he he commanded twenty thousand men. And so what he did was he went out and bought the best. He got the best prostitutes he could and would have them follow his his men so when there was time for the men to kick back he could go back and have you know the the prostitutes he'd get clean ones so they wouldn't get vd and stuff Uh uh-huh and so they were called hookers girls wow general hooker they're called hookers seriously and what a legacy. You know, wouldn't that be great, Vito? What what are you, yeah. you know, what, so, what are you known for? Well, I invented were, the name Hookers Hookers are named after me. Yeah. So it was a, there was Hookers girls and they pretty they they started calling them just the Hookers. So that's where the term hooker came from. Wow. That yeah. is one hell of a legacy. There you go. Now we're all off in the weeds again here. Yeah, right, that's awesome. So from Hookers to the Heinrich Tailgater. So we are doing sausage it's kind fest. Of, it's kind of like buying facial tissue or a Kleenex. There you go. Do you want a prostitute or do you want a hooker? You hooker. know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Beach. So let's talk about the, the tailgater this week. Um, kickoff is at 1, so we will be going till noon. Um, okay. We've got plenty of sausages. I think I've got pineapple. I think I've got some Louisiana Red Hots, and I believe I've got some garlic. Garlic? Yep. Okay. Maybe some brats. I can't remember. I've always wanted the cheese-filled ones, but they've never really packaged. They don't have those. Yeah, they don't have those at the time of year. We need to get them. So we, we need. I do to, like this. Sometimes are we going What are we going to have cheese sauce? Okay, so I was going to cook up some onions and peppers. Okay. Okay, we're going to do this all on the flat top. Then um, I was thinking, do we want to do just some nacho cheese sauce? Uh huh. Or should I make some beer cheese? Beer cheese might be good. Because I could cook up some like cream cheese and some sharp cheddar, a little bit of beer, and some onion powder. Okay. And cook it all down and mix it all up, and it get all nice and creamy and thick. Okay. Does that sound good? That does. I, I, I think was that ask, would go. I, was gonna ha- I think that would go oh, better with the sausages. Okay. One of the things I was going to suggest too mm-hmm. is buy maybe a, and I don't know if people are going to buy onto this, but if people don't want a bun, maybe buy some really thick wood sticks. Oh, so put it on a stick. Actually, I have some of those. I have some of those. Yeah, not not a skewer because you need something thicker than that. You no, need something. I have some, some of those skin. in the in the tailgater. Okay, cool. Yeah, some big old ones that you could use. They're they're skewers, yeah. but they're big, heavy skewers. Yes, for people who want uh, protein only. Yeah, we could do that. Yep. Okay. And then um, I'll get buns, and we'll ha- I'll chop up some fresh onions, and we'll have ketchup and mustards and all that kind of stuff. And then I was going to get you some deep fried stuff to cook. Okay. Um, and I was going to keep it pretty light cause it's a quick, uh, tailgater. Yeah, it is quick and dirty. Yeah. So anything that you want me to bring, um, deep fry rice, uh-huh. Rangoons, obviously jalapeno yeah, like poppers, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I don't know. Is there anything in the case that we've not been bought yet? I don't know. I will go look and see if there's anything I find interesting. Yeah, try to find something obscure but good. Okay. Right, we'll see what um, at what time do you want? I, I, and then I was going to do some chips and dips and that kind of stuff. 
Okay. And then we'll call it good. Okay. Um, Lisa's coming with me to this okay. one. What time do we need to be at your place? Because I got to pick her up in the morning. Let's say five five fifteen. Okay, so if I got to be at your house by five fifteen, that means I got to pick her up at like what four? I don't know where she lives. Wilsonville. Yeah, probably. Okay. Is that gonna work? I will have to. Well, because I mean, if we get there at five fifteen, we won't be leaving here till probably five thirty. That puts us into Corvallis at six fifteen. Okay. Gives us forty five minutes she, to get set up. She, get ready to go she's by a seven. trooper. Oh, I know. Yeah, you know, her and Kelly are both troopers. Oh, I know. But yeah. that gives us there um, set up by seven. I need to start cooking by about nine. You know, what might be fun is to take a couple of sausages, slice them up, so and then put some toothpicks out there so people can sample. Ooh, that's a good idea, Beach. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, so that way people are like, what do you want? Well, here's some samples. Try some. There you go. Let us know which one you want to pick. We'll do that. So if anybody okay. else has any suggestions for something they want us to see, um, give us a give us a holler on uh, email us or something, or message us on Facebook. We'll we'll take we'll take it into consideration. So okay. Do but I think the beer are, are we bringing out the tra- are we bringing out the Traeger or anything for that? No, I was gonna... not going to bring out the Traeger. I was just going to pull out okay. the uh, the flat top and the deep fryer. Deep fryer. If, okay. we, if we had a, a, a bigger gas-fired um, grill that we could use, uh, you know, not just a flat-top grill, but a, a grill grill, mm-hmm. I would think about mm-hmm. doing that. But the it, it's too hard to keep things control with the uh, with the uh, Weber grill. Gotcha. So, but anyways, all right. Well, that sounds good, Beach. So that's what we're going to do. Okay. All right. Let's move right along here, and let's get into Beach's rant of the week. I got to start thinking I, I had a rough week this week, so I didn't get a chance to really think of a rant until today. And my rant actually comes from a conversation I had with some people at the airport last night. So I'm sitting there waiting for my plane, and these these there's four people sitting next to me, and they're all chatting back and forth about what do they call them, pie, dro- drop pie gifts, right? And I'm like, what? what are you guys talking about? They're like, bring pie. And I'm like, what what pie? And And they're like, so they're real estate agents, right? And they want to drop by places and drop something off so that they remember them, right? Remembering to call me, referral business, that kind of stuff. And they, they were joking because they're like, we should do pies. You know, just drop by. I had pie in my back. Anyway, long story short, I start BSing with these these uh, real estate agents because I can talk with anybody. You know, I got a little, I know a little bit about a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm telling them about stuff. And I'm like, how's your market down there in California? And they're like, well, we're pretty much from Santa Cruz area. And I'm like, well, how's your market? You know, are you guys seeing things slow down? Are you starting to see a surplus? And they're like, yeah, a little bit. You know, interest rates are affecting us and stuff. But we have this really screwed up law coming into the books that we're trying to fight. Measure M out of Santa Cruz. It's a rent control bill, right? And they're explaining this thing to me. And I'm like, you've got to be crap at me. This can't be true. And so I – but I listened to them. And then I looked it up tonight because I want to make sure because I want to rant about rent control a little bit because okay. this is the most bullshit law I've ever heard in my life, right? So 
the, the, the essentially what they're saying is even if your renter is on a month to month or if their lease is ending, right? Mm-hmm. You no longer have a right to evict them. Okay. You can't evict them. If the lease is terminated, they have a right to have a new lease. You can't evict them at the end of the lease. If they're on a month to month, you can't evict them. They have a right to stay in your house. Okay. So it's no longer a valid reason to evict. Okay. If you do choose to evict them unlawfully because they're on a month to month or their lease terminates, you have to pay them six months of rent. This is the same bullshit that Portland did, right? But this is even more screwed up, right? So if 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 you evict them, you have to pay them for six months of rent, okay, for them to force them out. If they are 62 or disabled, you have to pay them seven months of rent. All right. And then, and then hold on here. What was this? So you are only allowed to evict if you have to make mandatory repairs requiring a vacancy if you are removing the house from market for 10 years. So you can only evict if you say, I'm no longer going to rent this house for the next 10 years. Okay, then you can evict them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're the owner of the house and you want to move into the house, that's also legitimate, except if the renter is 62 or disabled. Then if the renter is 62 or disabled and you want to move back into the house, you're not allowed to kick them out of the house because they're 62 or disabled. The only way you can not kick them – the only way you can justify kicking them out of the house is if you yourself are 62 and disabled. And then you can can trump the guy out. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They're like, no. (laughs) Why don't you kick them out unless they're 62? If they're 62, they can't be kicked out. What the hell? Yeah, and if you do, if you are 62 and the landlord, and you kick the 62-year-old out, right, then mm-hmm. you have to live in the house for three years in order for you to justify kicking them out. If you don't live in the house for more than three years, then you still got to pay them money. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, I'm like, you can't make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. And and I'm like, so I'm I'm just I'm like I I and that's why I said I wanted to look this up tonight before I told you because I'm thinking these guys got to be making this crap up but it's true so and and I'm sending them I'm like okay so here's my rant with all these stupid rules are you going to get any more houses into the rental market no no nobody in their right mind would put their house in the rental market now because the renters have more rights than the property owner correct so you're going to say no okay now if you have a house in the rental pool and your tenant leaves or you have some other just cause to evict or you can say i'm removing it from the rental pool for the next 10 years because you're going to sell right mm-hmm. why would you not do it right now when the market is at its peak yeah because you're going to be able to make the most money and you will not have to deal with the drama that this measure m is going to cause in santa cruz right so you're like nobody's going to put new new rentals on the market People who have rentals will most likely liquidate them so they don't have to deal with this. Yeah. So you're not solving the problem of the rent crisis. You're actually exacerbating it. Yeah. So it's like, what the hell is wrong? Well, here's with- the problem that these dumb shits don't realize. It's, a, it's, 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 it's easy. It's supply and demand. Your demand it's- is high. You're artificially holding down the supply because you make it so goddamn hard to build new houses. They don't realize that they are, you know, Ronald Reagan once said, Government isn't the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. Yeah. And in this case, it absolutely is. And, you know, I was I was talking to the real estate agents before they left last night and I because they were catching a different flight. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I said, 
in a in a free and open market, builders are typically going to satisfy the high end needs first. Mm-hmm. So they are going to build for the high end or upper to middle incomes first because those are typically the ones that are going to be easiest to finance, easiest to sell, right? Correct. So once they saturate that market with high end homes, which it'll it'll occur, then they will move down to more moderately priced homes to to, to satisfy the next market. And when that market is satisfied, then they'll look at more and lower lower income homes, right? Mm-hmm. Because builders want to build, but they want to also build where the profit is the highest. So they're going to first go after the high end markets because ultimately the lower end markets are going to be a lower lower return on investment. But mm-hmm. there's still a market out there that will justify it. So the market will satisfy its own needs. But with crap like this, they're destroying the market. Nobody's going to want to be in the rental business anymore. They're they're absolutely hurting these people, and they're doing it under guise of rent control. And I mean, I would ask the question to any person who is is pro this measure M, is please tell me any city, state, county, or area that has ever enacted rent control where rent control ever worked into the benefit of the people it was intended. Oh, never. Give me one example. Give me one example where rent control has actually done what the law said it was supposed to do. It never has. Never has. You know what, helps, you know what, you know what it, helps bring rents down? More houses. Open free, yeah, open free markets. Yeah. Let people build. Less regulation. Mm-hmm. Let them build like sons of guns. If they saturate the market and they build too many and the houses have to go too cheap, the only person that gets hurt on that is the builder who made the risk. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I, I just, I absolutely don't understand this crap. Anyway, here's my, it's not a rant rant, but it's just, I'm sitting there, I'm going, and they, they start throwing out, you know, if you're 62 or disabled, they can't kick you. <laughs> like, what? What? You can't it, be serious. It's just making it more and more stupid. See, that's what <laughs> happens when government gets involved in stuff. We're going to make these ridiculous oh. laws. If you're 62 and you were born on a Wednesday... <laughs> and your name doesn't end with a vowel, then they can't do it. But if yeah. you have blonde eyes or blue, you know, blonde hair, and you know, yeah. Yeah, you like to I, take I your just... medicines anally, then you can get kicked <laughs> out. Or jeez. Yeah. So anyway, so there you go. If you live in this, if you're one of our fans and you listen in the Santa Cruz area, vote no against Measure M. It's only going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And if we do have a listener in the Santa Cruz area, love to get an email from you. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> one, one of the the, the one point two thousand people that uh, evidently at least were touched by the podcast by our podcast. There you go. All right, listen to, two that, brothers, that... listen to two brothers rant about the most random crap from hookers to, to measure. Anime. There you go. There you go. Alrighty. Um, well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 114 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, and HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember to listen and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a rating and review. You can also listen to us on Stitcher Radio. I was actually listening to us on Stitcher Radio today, Beach. Really? Yeah, I pulled it up just to make sure you could still get it on there. Sure enough, it was. Nice. Listen to us. All right, Beach. Thanks for coming, and uh, I look forward to Sausage Fest I that, 2018 I, I this that, week. I hear that a lot. Yeah, you do. You tell that to yourself, huh? Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait for Sausage Fest 2018 this weekend. And yep. uh, until then, let's have a great big go, Beach.
What up, my brother? How you doing, Beej? Hold on one second. Hold on, damn it. Make sure the file is populating. Populate that bitch. And it's... it's like a mofo. It's motherfucking populating, son. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I don't know if I got a good rant tonight, but we'll see how it goes. Do you need a copy or do you want to raw dog it? I'm raw dogging it. I freaking do it raw. I do it raw and I do it dry. There you go. Okay. <clears throat> Might hurt a little bit. Might be a little uncomfortable, but we get the job done. A little chafing. <laughs> All right, you ready? Okay. Yep, let's do this, bitch. Let's tag team it. Like a pair of Chinese finger cuffs. God. 